Welcome back, folks, to another interesting and informative episode of Humidity Matters, where we dive deep into the world of industrial humidity measurement. The purpose of this podcast is to help you, our listeners, make a better measurement. And when I say better, I mean it's more accurate and more reliable. Because when you do make a more accurate and reliable measurement, then your process is more efficient and you get a higher quality output for whatever you're manufacturing. I'm Bruce McDuffie, your host, and I've been in the humidity measurement business for about 12 years. I've taught humidity seminars and webinars around the globe, helping people just like you make better measurements. My co-host is Steve Santoro with an incredible 35 years of humidity measurement expertise. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to today's topic. In our last 11 podcasts, this is number 12, by the way, in our last 11 podcasts, we've been dealing with the science and the practice of measuring humidity. And I think we covered that pretty well. So now for the next few episodes, we're going to apply the knowledge that we've accumulated here, and we're going to apply that to some specific applications where humidity measurement is a critical parameter for efficiency and or quality. In other words, we're going to discuss some applications or industries where humidity matters. The application for today's discussion is data centers. Now, Steve, you're familiar with measuring humidity and temperature and maybe a few other parameters in data centers. So could you paint a picture for our listeners on starting out with what is a data center? Yeah, sure. So if we think of we hear about things in the cloud and all the storage and the kind of devices that we're using, um, that data is you know, it's not in the cloud, but sitting in a bunch of servers. And those servers tend to occupy in a building. And that building uh, is generally referred to as that data center. So uh, think of a, a big almost warehouse filled with servers storing all this information that we can have and need access to for a variety of different industries and, and, and applications. Um, and it's critical that these data centers are monitored for humidity and temperature so that they run efficiently and, and stay online as they need to so that we can get all that data we've come so accustomed to, to using every day in our life. So it's fair to say that a data center is a pretty big energy hog, if you will. <laughs> It is. It's you're running uh, tremendous amounts of, of basically computer power, and they also generate a lot of heat. If you think of just your own small little computer or laptop with a little fan trying to dissipate the heat off that circuit board, and then multiply that by an enormous factor, you're you're generating a tremendous amount of heat, and that heat uh, needs to be uh, removed so that the electronics and the and the servers all function properly and don't fail. But trying to do it as efficiently as possible is also critical. So we want to make sure the equipment is running as necessary uh, and not being damaged, but we also are trying to make these as efficient as possible because data centers use a tremendous amount of energy, total energy around the world. Got it. So that's why we're talking about data centers. But we measure, we talk about measuring humidity and temperature. Um, why is it important to measure humidity in a data center? There can be concerns at either extreme. Uh, if the air were to become too humid, uh, the air can become a bit more of a conductor. You could have short circuits. You could have corrosion in a lot of these electronics that aren't made to be subjected to a high humidity condition. 
And on the other side, uh, a low humidity might be something people are familiar with of static electricity when you know you may come across this uh, walking across a carpet and touching a door and you get a little shock. And uh, again, in a in a building filled with uh, servers uh, and these types of computers, the static electricity could create problems as well. So we're looking for sort of this you know midpoint of humidity, uh, not too humid, not too dry, just right, like the three little bears. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then the temperature. Actually, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going like to say that that's, that's Goldilocks. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you? She had it just. Yeah, I cut that out. <laughs> okay. For temperature, uh, one of the things that you really see here is the 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 warmer you can keep these server rooms, and the higher the temperature that you're able to run close to the limits of what these servers are rated at, that means we we don't have to do as much cooling. So. We want to make sure these servers are kept cool such that they are in their operating range. But if we cool them too much, then we waste more energy. So the closer we can monitor and control the temperature to the limit of the server, the more energy that we can save by not overcooling the space. So we need to cool it enough so that these are below their, their operating temperature limit. But if we overcool it, we're wasting energy. So now it's about an accurate temperature measurement and the closer we can get it to that limit, the more energy we can save. And not only does these sensors need to be accurate, it's about how reliable they are, that these sensors need to be functioning all the time and, and they can't fail. So to, just to step back for a sec to, to humidity, if we can tie in our humidity theory and the humidity measurement practice, what which parameters are these data centers measuring to get these to maintain these uh, humidity windows, if you will? Most uh, are comfortable just doing uh, relative humidity. Uh, they generally know the temperature they're operating at, and that temperature is generally kept in a pretty tight range. So mm -hmm. in a process where the temperature isn't varying much, then relative humidity is going to be uh, uh, probably a more common measurement. Uh, so I think in that case, it's uh, what we found are people are comfortable with just relative humidity and temperature okay. uh, as far as the interior space. Yeah, that's a, and that's a great segue into talking about the outdoor space. Is it important to know the outside parameters outside of a data center? Does that matter? It is. It can help, in again, in the efficiency of running these devices uh, or, or these data center rooms. So by knowing the outside humidity, temperature, and in a lot of cases, even things like the wind speed and the wind direction, uh, hmm. It's important information that's going to be fed into the control system. So by knowing what the conditions are outside, uh, you can just make decisions about how much indoor air you need to change out and how much outdoor air you'd like to bring in. So depending on what those conditions are, that will make decisions as to how much and at what rate you want to bring in some outside air and ventilate some inside air. And, and even knowing things like wind speed and wind direction, you can sometimes even pick up some pre-cooling. If we have this air blowing by some of the cooling equipment, we're actually able to run them more efficiently and save energy there. So it's a place from Weissel's history as starting as a meteorological company that you'll have many, many indoor sensors. And a lot of times they could be making decisions on just one or two outdoor sensors. And that's where it's even more critical that those sensors are accurate, stable, and reliable. 
And are there any other parameters? I mean, if you think about the description of a data center with these hundreds or maybe thousands of servers and all this heat that's being generated, is it just a matter of putting a thermostat on the wall um, or hang, having one humidity sensor in the building? Or what else is important when you're designing uh, the monitoring of these humidity and temperature parameters? You you do end up having or, or, or you like to have uniformity within the building, uh, but sometimes based on the types of servers, the amount of servers, how they're laid out, uh, a lot of times you can have uh, differentiating temperatures and humidities throughout the space. So it, it is an application where not just one in a wall makes a lot of sense. So frequently uh, there will be hundreds, if not dozens, uh, dozens, if not hundreds of sensors that are scattered and placed throughout the data center. And uh, many of these could even be hung down from the ceiling so that they're above the rack. Sometimes these servers have some flexibility that they wanna be able to move things around. So there are generally no fixed walls in the space. Uh, so having maybe even uh, probes measuring humidity temperature, either being suspended from the ceiling, hanging down or on a cable that allows some ability to move them as the servers are moved within the space themselves. Some of these data centers, uh, it could be owned by a particular company and serving one purpose. And then you'll you know, talk about some of these others that are co-located. So it, it would be within a large building. There could be several areas of the data center subdivided, and, and those are used by individual companies that don't need one whole data center. And uh, as a result of that, there's flexibility for customers and companies that want to be able to expand their offering in their data center storage, and in some cases also be able to, to contract it if they need less. So uh, the ability to have these sensors and have them be able to move around is, is helps in the flexibility of the, of the life of these data centers. Got it. And so, this came to mind as you were describing that is for humidity, do they generally have uh, control? Are they controlling dehumidification or humidification of the space or are they just measuring, the, they being the sensors, just measuring? They're going to do both. I mean, measure and control. Okay. So again, if we're hitting conditions where we think it's too humid or too dry, then we have options. Uh, some could be depending on what the outdoor conditions are, bringing in some of the air that's mm. outside, if it has different criteria, and then you can take advantage of what the conditions are outside. But if not, you may need to dehumidify the space if it's getting too humid, or you may want to uh, add some humidity to the space if we believe it's getting too dry. Uh, so it, it could be done using some of the outdoor air, if we and we know what those are because we're measuring them. And if the outdoor air doesn't lend itself to that, then we would have to create that environment by either humidifying or dehumidifying the space. So that goes back to the, there could be huge savings in energy usage if you are able to leverage that outside air by measuring the outside air and knowing what it is. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. You could save a lot of money, I imagine. Sure. But again, these need to be reliable sensors. So I think one of the things with a data center may be different from some other applications where we've been involved, where you may have planned shutdowns or a plant goes offline for a few weeks to do maintenance. These data centers are, are running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year with virtually no downtime. And when one of these things has a problem, a lot of times it makes the news and, and not for a good reason. It could be mm -hmm. disruption in, in air traffic. It could be an airline's uh, data center. It could be a banking issue. There's a variety of, of these things that we don't maybe know why, but it sometimes it could be a problem 
where all this data is being stored. So they, they do use this term. Uh, I think they call it the five nines, and it's something to the effect that the data center should be up and running 99.999% of the time, which if we think about over the course of a year, that means it, it could be offline less than six minutes. So we're not talking about a a lot of room for error here. And this is where it, it it's critical that we're using sensors that, are, yes, are accurate, but stable and reliable. Uh, and that's an important part of this application because of how little uh, of time these things can even be, say, offline or, or not functioning. Six minutes for the entire 365 days. That's mm-hmm. not much. Okay. Uh, what about accuracy, Steve? It's um, Is high accuracy of the measurement sensor or instrument, is that important for when you're measuring humidity or temperature? I'd say that humidity may be less critical on the accuracy. There's this, uh, these, these extremes of, of not too dry on the static electricity side, not too wet on the condensation mm-hmm. side. Staying away from those, it's maybe not as, as, as critical of a tight tolerance on, on relative humidity there. The temperature, though, uh, even more so, uh, as we do want to try to keep this space at a temperature high enough um, that we're we want to be below the limit of those servers and what they're rated to be at. So if those servers can operate up to a certain temperature where the, the server manufacturer knows they will function fine, the closer that you can control that temperature to that, that limit, the less cooling you have to do. So the more accurate that sensor is, the, the closer you can make that gap between where the sensor can run and what you control your space at. And again, we don't want to overcool because we waste a, a lot of energy doing that. So in those cases, having a, an accurate temperature sensor and enough of the temperature sensors can be uh, a pretty critical part to making sure these servers function uh, over their life as they're expected to. So we talked about accuracy. We talked about the importance of reliability with the five nines. What about stability? Stability over time, is, is that a big deal? It is because, again, I think if we've talked in some of the earlier episodes, accuracy is great. You can get something out of the box with a very accurate device. In fact, you could probably take a pretty poor instrument and calibrate it to make it accurate for a very short amount of time. But as these sensors are installed and they're running, unlike some other applications that may only function during a work day of eight hours or Monday through Friday, these are running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Sure. So that sensor is being used and its information is being used continuously. So if this sensors are not stable and they start to drift, as all sensors will, they're going to require much more frequent calibration. They're being exposed to and are being used uh, in a, continuously as opposed to something that may just be used during a, a work shift or a work period of time. So by having a sensor that's stable, in this case especially, will extend and expand that calibration interval or the service interval on these devices. Um, that's why uh, in a case like this too, because the sensor is being used and it's information that it's 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 feeding back to the control system is, is constantly being measured and constantly running, uh, we wanna be able to extend those service intervals as we can. And so the, a stable sensor, uh, again, even more important probably in this case than the accuracy. And less maintenance cost, less, if you want to call it lifetime cost. Exactly. Sure. Let's imagine 
a well-constructed, well-maintained data center, maybe using Vaisala humidity temp sensors. What happens if there is a failure of the control system or the measurement system? What could, what, what is the cost of a failure? I think these uh, probably had to, to put a number on, but if we think of some of the things that we might come across again, as we mentioned a bit, make the news. So, you know, maybe temperature gets uh, a little warmer than it should be and it continues to rise. And then these servers that are, are rated for a certain range can fail, or if they do get too humid and you start to create short circuits in some of the electronics and these servers yes. fail. I mean, this data that that is could be running a variety of things in our lives that we're not aware of, whether they're, again, uh, you know, travel information, flight information, banking information. Uh, so much of this is, is stored in a variety of places, critical information. Uh, sometimes we find out about these when it makes the news, and, and sometimes it, it may not make the news is there was a problem in a data center, but they'll talk about, you know, a problem with a software, a problem with their data. And and I don't think people necessarily think of this as the, as the when they talk about the cloud, that it is this physical building with these servers in there that can fail. And, you know, when it does, um, you know, you don't know sometimes how bad it can be until how catastrophic it is and how widespread in the building it may be. Sure. I mean, we all just get we get frozen if our home data, if our home modem goes down. Yeah. <laughs> you think like, of that and multiply and it on multiply a it. Yeah. dramatically bigger <laughs> scale. So, you know, these buildings are scattered, you know, and they tend to keep them pretty secure. A lot of times, you know, mm -hmm. there'll be no signage. It's not going to say data center as much as this. It's critical to make sure that you have humidity and temp and other things being monitored. And but the physical presence of these are, are so secure there. They are pretty secure buildings, a lot of times nondescript buildings. Uh, chances are you could drive by one of these and have no idea what's going on. Or they'll in some cases for some very critical ones that we've worked on, they're in pretty remote, isolated places where there isn't a lot of population. And, and they'll like that for a particular purpose because that information can be sensitive, could be critical for a variety of different entities. Okay, uh, last question, Steve, and I'm going to give you a shot here at a shameless promotion, shameless self-promotion <laughs> for, for Vaisala. So why should a data center use choose Vaisala measurement instruments? I'm going to go back to those three words I think we focused on a little bit, accuracy, stability, reliability. Uh, so, as we've talked about how critical this measurement is, uh, the accurate device allows you to optimize this, uh, these processes. Uh, the stable device allows you to maybe push its limits and reduce its costs. And the reliable measurement is about keeping these things up and running 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So, everything we do in our life that's connected back to one of these uh doesn't have a hiccup. So uh, generally, again, when the measurement matters, um, this is the type of uh, products that we want to use. So stability, reliability, and accuracy. There you go, folks. Those are your three takeaways. <laughs> well, on that note, Steve, that's a wrap. And once again, thanks for sharing your knowledge and experience in data centers. I Myself, I found it fascinating, and I'm sure our listeners will too.
Well, we, we like to touch base a little bit. I think in our world, we tend to know a little bit about a bottle of applications. We're, we're not experts on any one. We try to be experts on the measurements and uh, try to work with people who are experts in each one of these application and fields that we talked about today and probably some of the ones we'll talk about in the future. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Join us next time on Humidity Matters, and we're going to discuss another application. We're going to continue our application discussions. And on the next one, we're going to talk about another critical application, which is clean rooms, clean room environmental measurement. And don't forget, when it comes to product quality and process efficiency, humidity measurement does matter.